Welcome to Seven Mile Ministry. We hope you enjoy this message. Well, good morning, everybody. Well, before we jump into the word this morning, I just had a, a one announcement. I actually have two announcements. My sister gave me a piece of paper this morning, told me not to forget this one, but uh, looking for some people to sign up for the nursery. That's like signing up to go to war, but uh, but uh, looking for some people to do that. And the other thing is, so the, the big announcement for today, um, I met with Josh, who you know is a minister here. Uh, y'all know that, and then Brother Buddy, who was just opening us up, who's also a minister here. And we hadn't seen him in the last few weeks. He's been uh, he's been out of town uh, preaching in Mobile. They're trying to keep him down there. So we just loan him out. And then I also met with our board, and everybody um, was in unanimous favor um, of, of something. So uh, I wanted to ask Jonathan and, and Bethany to come up here real quick. And what everybody was in unanimous favor of was to, uh, to uh, make Jonathan and Bethany our associate pastors here. So, um, so today is his first day as a, an associate. He's preaching this morning, so hopefully it won't be his last. <laughs> Check. There we go. Well, first of all, let me tell you, I'm, I'm so excited and we're humbled. Um, when Red offered me at Baja, California, which, you know, all of us, that's the best place to do as a Christian is uh, over food. Um, when I, I cried because I, I'm so thankful for God's faithfulness. I'm thankful for, I, I've, it's funny because every time I come preach here, I always tell everybody, this feels like family and this feels like home. And so now we're excited to come alongside you and help build with you. Red told me, I said, hey, I will be behind you. I'll support you in every way. And Red said, cut that garbage out. You're not behind me or under me. You're beside me. And we're going to labor together. So me and Bethany are looking forward to so laboring together with, with you guys. I love, love this church. Love the people. Um, come, come talk to us. We'll try to call, talk to everybody. We love to eat, as you can tell by me. Unfortunately, Bethany eats the same, but looks like that. That's unfair, unchristian. Uh, but we'd love to, to go eat with you. You can come to our house. We'll give you our address. I'll give you my cell phone number, hers. We're here for you. We're here to help any way we can and serve. So um, this is to the board and uh, to the leadership team. Just thank you, and uh, we'll do anything we need to do. We, we'll, um, if you don't know too much about me, I've been in ministry for 20 years um, Bethany and me have been married 10 years, and let me tell you, I, I couldn't be the man I am today without her. She helps me so much. Uh, we have a daughter, for any of you guys that have a young baby that's seven months old. Um, she has decided not to sleep, and so Bethany, even at 5 o'clock this morning, took Riley out to the living room so I could get an extra hour so that I could try to have some cognitive thoughts that you guys can take away. So she is, she is a rock to me, and, um, but I've been in ministry 20 years, and I'm just ready to serve however I can. And so uh, I look forward. When Red starts casting the vision that he has from God, and I believe we should all work undercover, I'm really excited about where we're going. I think Gardendale 
is in desperate need of a dominant church that really shows what Jesus looks like. And I think it's really cool that the last two weeks, he cast the vision for why we're called Seven Mile. And I'll tell you, I've, I've bought into that vision 100%. And it's about people. And so thank you for you. And everybody knows Red's nothing and Jackie's really the real deal Holyfield. So thank you, Jackie. Um, but if you got your Bibles, I'm going to title the sermon today. It's going to be called Catfish and Kiwi. Catfish and Kiwi. So, um, and if you're thinking Kiwi the fruit, you would be wrong. It's Kiwi the bird. So, uh, so yeah, anyways. So some of you are like, what, where was the fruit in that? There's no fruit. As you can tell from my body, no fruit. Um, Numbers 14, 24. Did I give you that one? I might not have. Can you do no? I can, I can go old school and do it actually with the Bible. There we go. Look at that. It says, but my servant Caleb, because he had another spirit. I want you to see that. Another spirit. With him and has followed me fully, him will I bring into the land whereinto he went, and his seed shall possess it. But my servant Caleb, I'm sorry, because he had another spirit. Let's pray. Father, we come to you in the name of Jesus. We ask you that you have your way today. I thank you for what you're doing. I thank you, God, for coming like we sang today. Lord, I thank you for this worship. Lord Jesus. Oh, God, we're your portion, but you, Jesus, are our prize. Lord, we're after you. We just want to be close to you, and we love you. Come meet with us, Lord, this short time. Burn our hearts, Lord. And we thank you and praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. So I want to talk to you today about catfish and kiwi, and we're going to get to that. But really, the text is called another spirit. And I see a lot of times in the world, and I see a lot of times... That people get saved and they come to church and their life changes as far as where they go and where, where the, as far as where they attend and maybe even a little the way they talk. But their action doesn't change sometimes. I see some of that in my life sometimes. So I'm not going to sit there and throw stones. I see that sometimes I profess something that I don't really walk in always. And God wants to challenge every one of us. To have that other spirit, the spirit of Jesus, the the Bible says the same spirit that raised Jesus Christ from the dead now lives in us. And we have to have that other spirit. Well, what does it mean? It means that it's the complete opposite of how we really feel, how we really want to act. Thank God they finally put the bridge back driving downtown in the morning. I think I almost lost my salvation every morning going into work. It provided me a great time to reflect and have the love of God flow my heart. Because people cannot drive. The bridge is back. Maybe y'all don't drive there. So a lot of y'all aren't smiling. So maybe, uh, okay. So I got one amen. But it's when we react, when the world, that's what the world's watching. They say we name the name of Christ. But when we name it, they're watching. Do we act just like them? That's what's wrong in a lot of churches. That's what's wrong with the American philosophy that's taken over the church. There's no change. There's people saying I'm a believer, but there's no change to their walk. They don't act the way that Christ acts. Because let me tell you something. To be, and let me, I'm going to get ahead of myself. Go to Matthew 5. 
Man, I feel God here today. Red always says something that we're going to leave better than we came. We're going to leave today better than we came in here. He says that this is Jesus talking. You have heard that it's been said an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. But I say to you, see, this is a game changer, that you resist not evil. No, we're talking about another spirit. But whosoever shall smack thee on the right cheek, turn over the also to the other one. Look at this. Look at verse 40. And if a man sue you and take your coat, go ahead and give him your outer coat. And whosoever shall compel thee to go one mile, go two. Hold that right there, Sister Jackie. And it was custom. you got to know kind of the context, the cultural context of what's going on. And probably a lot of you know this. But just in case you don't. So you're like, well, if they compel you to go one mile, go two. What does this really mean? Oh, this meant something huge to them. Because the Romans had taken over at the time. And a Roman soldier could walk up to any Jew and say, hey, you're going to carry for the next mile by law. You're going to carry all of my stuff. Now, how would you feel if Russia took over America? And any Russian could walk up to any of us as American and say, hey, you're going to get my stuff and you're going to walk it a mile. I don't know about you. I wouldn't like it too much. So when he, when that man, they hated it. They hated being bondage. So when Jesus comes on the scene and he's like, hey, if they make you go one mile, if you follow me, if you profess me, you don't just go one with them. Go ahead and smile and go the second mile. Boy, can you see where I could just right here, Hank, just kind of sit down. Man, we can't even stand somebody to put a tweet out or a Facebook post. One little Facebook post and we're all full blast. One little text message. One little, did you hear what they said about you? And we are lit. We are on full blast. This is talking about, he's saying, hey, you've got to literally pick up all his sweaty, nasty thing, and you've got to carry it two miles. I love when it's quiet. When I was a young preacher, I hated quiet. Now I know that means you're listening. Keep, keep going. Verse 42. Give to him that asks thee, and from him that would bar to thee, turn not away. You have also heard that it has been said, see, he's dealing with what we really hold as our core values. And as a believer, he's challenging us. Our core values have to change. Not because we want them to change, but because our heart's been changed. Look at this. So you shall love your neighbor and you shall hate your enemy. But I say to you, all right, love your enemies. Now, how many people, we're going to get into catfish and kiwi in a second. How many people have read this and know this and have deemed this as an optional scripture? I've been praying this whole week. Listen, I'm not preaching you something that I haven't just walked through. This has been the hardest four months of my life. I'm preaching this because I've lived this. This is not optional. 
How many times have I, I'll, I'll take it off, everybody in here, and put it on me. How many times have I read this passage as optional? It blows my mind that all these churches, they follow each other blindly, which is funny to me. But they're doing 21 days of fasting and praying, which is amazing. Don't hear that I'm against that. I'm for it. But what bothers me is, why are they not doing 21 days of fasting and praying with Matthew 5? If you get Matthew chapter 5, you will complete the whole law. Because the Bible says, love is the fulfillment of the law. You have to have God's love to live like this. You just need Matthew 5. You get Matthew 5, you read it every day. I don't care if you're a new Christian. Get Matthew 5 and get to the core of it and begin to pray it. Blessed are the peacemakers. Man, that sounds good, doesn't it? Until somebody messes with you. I'm talking today about things that we know, but we don't know and we don't live. We want to see a blessed life. I want to see everybody in here blessed. You know why I want everybody that I know to pay their tithes? Not because the church needs money. This is God's church. He'll actually... Have you ever read? Peter went through a rod into the ocean and brought back a fish with money. God's got more money than he knows what to do with. He don't need your money. He needs your obedience, which brings his blessings into your life. This is way... This should be the top of our list as a believer. You want to know why you're always drama-filled and you're always depressed and you're always discouraged and you always can't seem to find the right step with God and you take two forward and you get one back? We consider these scriptures as optional. It's not an option. You've got to have another spirit. When they slap you on this cheek... You've got to say, not only do I care about that cheek being slapped, hit this one. Who am I? Say, man, that's impossible. Absolutely it is. Except when you're filled with the Holy Spirit. Except when Jesus Christ lives in you. Listen, I grew up in Pentecost. So I grew up when everything could be fixed by dumping oil and laying hands on people. And most of the people, you know, they'd fall on the floor and they'd shout. And they'd get up and they'd go live like the devil. And I watched it my whole life. Grew up in a pastor's home. Now, is there some real to it? Absolutely. Absolutely. I believe the laying on of hands is Hebrews 6. It's one of the basic foundations. It was Old Testament, by the way. This is not some new concept. I believe in the power of laying on of hands. But what what people want is, they want me to handle the problems for them by my hands being laid on them. This is something you and the Lord are going to have to dig out. This is going to be something you're going to have to develop in your personal walk because you desire it. And if you don't have the desire for it, you know what I love about God? Tell Him. Even in the last four months... People have lied at me. People, I mean, we heard a guy say the other day, the reason I left the church I was at is because I attacked the associate pastor. And two board members had to pull him off of me. Me off him. What? Now, when I first heard that, I didn't get all excited and be like, well, bless them, Jesus. But you know what? This week... I can tell you I've forgiven everything that happened. I am free from it. Completely free. Why? 
because I tapped into the Lord. I couldn't do it. I told him. God is not some mysterious God that's looming in there to hit you with a bat or he's trying, well, you got to search for my will. No, no, no. He just wants you. Brother Buddy nailed it. He is standing eagerly waiting for you to say, God, I'm having trouble tapping into that kind of love. I don't even know how to get that kind of love. He'll give it to you. Ask and you shall receive. Don't just pass it up like, well, as long as I don't see them, I don't really have a problem with them. Out of sight, out of mind. We'll get to that in a second. Look at this. Bless them. That is not an option. Did you hear what so-and-so said about you? Well, let me tell you about so-and-so. That's a cursing, by the way. You know, when you're filled with love, it brings this thing called compassion. And the more compassion you have, the more it changes the way you talk. You say, well, I understand why they're upset because of this, 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 and this. We have easy compassion on family a lot of times. Because a lot of people have bums in their family, and they know they have bums in their family. But they always make what we call excuses. That's not excuses. It's compassion. Well, you know, little Jimmy was raised like this, and this happened to little Jimmy. You hear it. That's really good stuff. I'm not calling your family's bums. Just, I'm just saying. It's, I want you to hear how this translates to your enemy. You have compassion on your family. Well, you know, he didn't do so well. He didn't have the right teachers. You hear it all the time. He didn't have the right this. If, if he wouldn't, he, you know, that, that person did something they weren't supposed to to him, and it's jaded him, and it's all this excuses. And, and if you're not careful, people are like, yeah, that's just make, that's enabling them to be a bum. No, 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 that, that's really called compassion. And, and you're not supposed to just have that on your family. You're supposed to have that on your worst enemy. You're supposed to remember that they're just a human and that they have bad days just like you have bad days. Boy, this is going over about like a lead balloon. What you don't get is when you're mad at them, they're out there, they're out there living their life. They're out there, they don't care one bit. And there you are sitting there mad. You've talked to everybody about it. And you've probably even said, well, pray for me. Listen, we need to pray. Because so-and-so's done this, this, this. That's not, what, that's not a prayer request. Some of you are like, I'm not even that spiritual. I'll just tell you straight up, I don't like them. No, but it's you that's being hurt. Let, let's get to catfish real quick. Can you leave that up? I'm sorry, I, y'all. I have a little bit of sinus, so you'll have to forgive me. My mouth is so dry, and I don't want to spit on the front row. I'm sure y'all are like, thank you. So we'll keep this up. I want to come back to this. So I'm, I'm, I'm kind of a nerd, and so I like to kind of watch like Discovery Channel and things like that. So they're talking about these polar bears. And they're talking about the polar bears are coming to eat salmon at their normal time. And they're not eating the salmon they need and they're starving to death because we all, you know, probably it's January. A lot of people are eating salmon right now. They probably aren't going to be eating it in February. If you catch my drift, it's that diet food. 
They're going to get back to pork ribs pretty soon after they fall off the diet train. But you're like, we need smoked salmon and some greens. You know, so we're just devouring the salmon right now. I'm not devouring the salmon, but most, you know, New Year's resolution. You know, I need smoked salmon on bamboo and all this fancy bougie stuff. And we're just consuming it. So all of a sudden, they're finding out the polar bears are starving. So we're trying to farm salmon. Well, that's not where I want to go with that. But they said in the 70s, the preferred food was cod. It was New England and East Coast cod. And so I'm like, okay, it's cod. So, they're tr- so the West Coast wants to be able to eat what the East Coast is enjoying. So we start shipping it on ice in trains over to the West Coast. Well, the problem is when the chefs are getting it, they're cutting it and they're cooking it. And when they eat it, the texture's off. I don't know about you guys, but I'm a texture guy all day, every day. It can taste amazing, but if it feels weird, I'm out. So their texture's off. And he's like, it's the same fish. So they said, okay, it's because we're freezing it. So they, they come up with these trains that have these huge aquariums in each cart. And they're just putting all the cod in there and staying alive till it gets to the West Coast. Some of y'all are looking at me like, where is he going? I'm like, just stay with me. And when it gets there, they kill it, they cook it. Same thing. It tastes weird. The texture is off. And they're like, what in the world? How do we do this? Well, some guy, and this is why I like science and how to figure things out. So some guy says, hey, I got an idea. Throw a couple catfish in each aquarium tank, in each cart. And let's see what happens. And so catfish are mortal enemies of cod. So the whole time that those cod are going from the west, I mean the east coast to the west coast, they are literally swimming for their lives. They are literally moving. They are literally going. They're not just sitting there lazy. They're not just being there. And all of a sudden when those cod get to the other side, they're delicious. Because there was something in their life they had to overcome. There was something in their life that wouldn't let them just sit comfortable. You starting to see where I'm going with this? There's a lot of believers that are sitting in here and they're not very fresh to God. And they're not seven mile meeting and they're not fresh out in the world. It's because we think that serving God means that you're going to have a good life and an easy life and a blessed life. And listen to me, every enemy that comes in your life is an absolute blessing from God for you to get to grow to the next level in God and get really past just a superficial knowing Jesus, but really moving to the level where He was. Think about our Savior. He looks at them that have beat Him. Nobody in this room has been beaten like Him by people. And He looks at them and says, Lord, just forgive them, Father. Forgive them, God. Thank God for the catfish. Thank God for every person in your life right now you don't like because He's given you an opportunity to swim over them, to grow through them, to absolutely show that love that He showed on the cross for us to people. Think about your worst enemy. Oh, He loves them. He'll bless your enemies right in front of you. You say, well, I just want a Christian life. Why are bad things always happening to me? Because God wants to develop you into something more than just somebody that coasts through life. That somebody that really loves on His level. That understands how much He loves and how much He cares. You know what you'll find out? If you'll get there, the enemy won't bother you with people. 
If he knows that people can't bother you, he won't bother you with that. We're in that same loop. We get past one person and then we can't listen. People in life that grow to be successful are people that can absolutely get rid of offense fast. Now, if you're here and you just want to soak through life or coast through life, keep staying here and keep coasting. But man, you'll never really know that love. I want you to look at the first martyr. His name is Stephen. They are literally pelting rocks off this guy. And he is as rocks are pelting him. I want you to think about how we look to God. We can't handle somebody talking about us. And this guy had literal rocks bouncing off his head. They stoned him to death. And he looked up to heaven and said, God, don't lay this on anybody's charge. This is not an extraordinary, this is all my whole sermon is today. I had all these different thoughts, and we'll get to Kiwi in a second. I had all these different things I wanted to preach, but God was like, the foundation I want to say today, what I want to say to people is, you can't say, oh, well, that's the exception. I don't have to live like that. No, you do have to live like that as a Christian. You have to love to the place where when they're pelting stones or words at you. Sometimes I wish, Brother Red, that they would hit stones instead of talk about me. Sometimes at least the stone wound heals quick. But we're not off the hook. We're supposed to love. How are the people in the world know that we're disciples? Because our love for one another, the Scripture says. So many church people are walking around right now with offense. They are so wounded. And they don't know why their life's not working. And I'm telling you, God loves you too much to let your life work when you're holding bitterness and you're holding unforgiveness in your life. So he'll put people in your life to be catfish. Now back to Kiwi. Where does that come in? So the same, the same week, it's weird. I'm watching... And New Zealand, you familiar with it? Close to Australia. New Zealand, 41% of their birds don't have wings that can fly. And I was like, what? Weird looking. I meant to give Jackie a picture of a kiwi. It's this little cute bird that has, the wings are like little nubs. But like 41% of their birds can't fly. And I'm like, What's the point in having a bird if it can't fly? But anyways. And I was like, what? And it said, the guy said, here's what happens. There's no predators on New Zealand. There's no foxes. There's no snakes. There's no reason for them to fly, so they don't. There's no reason for them to use their wings, so they don't. And I was like, oh man, this is going to go good with the sermon. Thank you, Lord. How many Christians are sitting on pews... Because they refuse to use what they know, they are completely worthless to the kingdom of God. Because they're sitting on that offense, they don't have anything in their life to push them past it. They've sat down on God. Listen, that person you think is an enemy, all they're really doing for you is giving you grace to fly. All they're really doing is giving you something that you have to pray about, you have to get over, you have to be uncomfortable Yeah, what do you do when you have to say I'm sorry to somebody that they did it and you didn't? 
don't know about all that. Well, you're going to be a Kiwi. So just go ahead and sit down. You'll never soar with God. You'll never understand the deep part of His love. You can't connect to a God that we, everybody in here deserves hell forever. That just walked up to our fences and said, I'm going to wash it all away. You say, man, you don't know what my offense is. My offense is deep. Yeah, I I totally understand. I am not here to say it's not a valid offense. Please hear me. My old youth pastor's wife was molested every day of her life by five uncles for years. I cannot fathom the offense. I'm not downplaying your offense. But you can sit in that offense and absolutely go nowhere with your whole life. You can be 80 years old and you can have an offense that has ruined your whole shot at a good life. You know what she had to do? She had to meet with the Lord. She had to let Him work His love in her. You know what? She forgave. You know why I'm standing in this church today? Because she got over her offense and she met this alcoholic guy that stumbled into a church and she began to fast and pray for him. I can remember going to parties and saying, Lord, I don't even want to be here. What's going on in my life? And come to find out that same lady fasted every Wednesday and called my name out to God and said, I'm calling out Jonathan Langford's name. He's got a call on his life. I'm not letting him go. She could have never done that if she would have held. It was a valid offense. Even when I heard it, I wanted to go shoot every one of them. I'll just be honest with you. That was my initial response. I'd like to drive to West Virginia right now and take my 270 and be the hand of God. But he filled me with his love. And I saw how she overcame. Listen, don't even get me started on picking up other people's offense. You'd be surprised how many church people in here right now, people hearing my voice, you were offended about something that happened, didn't even happen to you. I'll tell you, a lot of times people do stuff to me. I'm pretty cool with it. You kind of learn in the ministry, you got to have tough skin. Josh is smiling. My buddy knows. He helped me. But let me tell you what happens when they come after her. They started spreading lies on her. Some new level flipped up. I had to stretch my wings past it. I had to let the Holy Spirit take me deeper. Who cares who it's about? Why would you let that take you down? There was this little boy who got a brand new digital camera and he was in Australia and he was snapping photos and he was so proud and he catches this eagle. I don't know, like I've been out on Smith Lake. If you ever see an eagle they are massive. They, they are not kiwis. We'll put it that way. They're not these little belts and birds. They are monsters. Like they go over you like, that thing could pretty much pick me up and take me down. That thing's massive. They're bad to the bone. So he's like, whoa, he's catching it. He's catching it. He's catching it. And all of a sudden he sees it just dive off the plane, go down. And then he sees it come up. And he's like, whoa, whoa, this is awesome. This is awesome. And all of a sudden he sees that eagle get real high and then just all of a sudden fall. And he dies and he runs to it. And he's still, he's snapping pictures and he sees the eagle laying there. 
He's like, what in the world? Did somebody shoot it? What happened? And he rolls it over. And there's a, there's a, I think it's called a ferret, but it's not a ferret. It's an Australian, like if you think of our pet ferrets, it's not that. It's something else. It's one of those, looks like a little fox, let's say. Well, what had happened was that eagle had gone down and he had swooped and grabbed that fox and he had taken it up. And but because he can't let it go, that fox had dug into his chest and he had eaten that eagle's heart. Even though the eagle was stronger. Even though the eagle was mightier. Even though the eagle had him and was going to eat him later. Because he refused to let him go. It completely ate his heart and it killed him. Now it killed the fox too from the fall. There's a lot of Christians that could soar with God. You know more scripture. You could be teaching Sunday school. You could be helping your community. You could be leading small groups. You could be really making an impact. But you have refused to let it go. You're holding it so tight. And all your friends are warning you. Man, you got to let that go. Man, that's eating at your heart. It's, it's, making, it's poison to you. Let it go. Let it go. Let it go. And if you don't let it go, you'll eventually be like that eagle. You'll fall and die. You hear what I'm telling you? We have to stretch out. We have to be familiar with God. I put all kinds of scriptures on here. I talked about Joseph. I didn't, I, we're not going to go there, but if you want to look at it, Genesis 45 and through chapter 50, Joseph is betrayed by his own family. He's stabbed in the back by his own brothers. And they show up years later hungry and needing his help. And they're scared to death when he reveals who he is. That's Genesis 45. And they're scared. They're like, he's going to kill us because he has all the power. He says, why are you guys scared? God was in all this. God brought me here, sold me into a prison. See, that's what I'm trying to tell you today. You feel like you're in a prison, but you don't understand. That prison is the only thing that's going to grow you to the palace. If Joseph never has a prison, he never has a palace. And he understood, some of you right now, your enemy is in your life as a catfish from God to grow you, to make you run, to make you show more love. Boy, I got thundering. Thanks, thanks, my man. Gave me a little deep voice. You're, You're complaining and you're whining about the things. Listen, we all do it. Don't act like you don't complain. About, man, these obstacles in my life. And God's like, I've got them there to help you understand my love for you. Now, you read, be you tenderhearted, forgiving one another. Even as God, for Christ's sake, forgave you. You might be sitting here today and you're like, man, I don't have an offense. Everything's good. Well, Luke 17, 1 says... Jesus told the disciples offenses are going to come to everybody. Just hang on. You'll get an opportunity to be offended. Sometimes I watch the news and I get very offended. I I really believe that there are a group of people in this world that have lost their mind. And I'm like, wow. You got to grow past that. Those people that are out there riding to murder babies. I don't understand it. I don't. I don't get it. I don't understand it. It's an evil to kill unborn children. God died for every one of them. I look at that Muslim out there that absolutely detests America, that wants to destroy every one of our lives. God died for him. 
I don't know about all that, man. No, I know about it. Some of you need to come to grips that Jesus wasn't a Southern American. Hello, is this on? Jesus was not a Southern American. He didn't say daggum or over our. When you get into this love, you love. It tears down walls. You don't see a man's color anymore. You see a man's soul. Man, you don't know how I was raised. I don't care how you were raised. You don't know how I was raised. God doesn't say anything about how you were raised. Love. Everybody in here can quote this with me, but don't we believe it? God is. Do we believe that? Do we want to really say God? If it, now, let me finish this, and I, I'm just going to close in a second. So, I've learned one thing in communication. If I tell you I'm going to close, I've got five minutes now that all of you that were thinking about fried chicken and where you're going to eat, you just came back to me. So, I got to shove it in quick, five minutes. I'm closing, everybody. Yeah, hallelujah. I got you. Glory. So look at verse 45. That you may be the children of your Father which is in heaven. For he makes his Son to rise on the evil and on the good. And sends rain on the just and the unjust. Keep going. For if you love them which love you, what reward have you? Oh, remember we were talking about another spirit? Y'all thought we forgot about that, didn't we? No, 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 another spirit. That means when, see, I see men all the time. Man, if he does something to me, man, I can knock him down. If he hits me, I'm going to knock him down. I'm going to knock him down. I'm a man. I'm a man. No, no, no. Real men are filled with love like Jesus. When they beat his back and he could call for legions of angels, they sit quietly. They don't retaliate. You know why? Toddlers retaliate. You hit me with a block, I'm going to hit you with a block. Some believers have said they are Christians for 20 years and they have never quit hitting people with blocks. They're completely, Paul at one church came in and said, hey, you should be teachers, you should be preachers, and I'm still coming to you with a bottle instead of a steak. You should be, you should be helping the church. You should be teaching. You should be ministering. But I'm still having to come to you and change your diaper and put a bottle in your mouth. What is wrong with you? They never got over that offense. You don't have to be in church five minutes to be offended. You know why? The devil has the people out there. He brings his little imps in here. He wants to get people stirred up in each other. He wants to cause division. He wants to cause people whispering and backbiting. We're not going to do it. He has no place in here. We're going to keep our mouth shut. Love will shut that mouth. Look at this. Do you just love those that love you? Man, you don't understand this person in my life. I have to try to love them. I understand it. God's put some catfish in your life. Yeah, you're going to have to fly over this one. You're not going to get just walk through this one. Hebrews 12. 
You don't have to go there. Keep this up. He talks about the root of bitterness. I heard Josh speak on a Wednesday night about the sycamore tree. It's only a shrub, but it goes, I've been studying it. The roots go everywhere. Some of you don't even realize that you're in a new relationship. You might be married again. And every time you don't understand why you and your new husband or you and your new wife are getting into it. You don't understand why you're so angry. I'll tell you why. That root has spread all through your life. So they can touch a root way down there and get a really weird response. People that are bitter evil sometimes, they're mean. And they're like, why am I so mean? I'll tell you why. You've let that offense get in you from years ago. You're not mad at the person you're with now. You're mad at old Jimmy John back there. You never got fixed. You never let it get handled. And those roots just begin to grow all through your life. And he said, by which many become defiled. Man, that's a scary scripture. It's a heavy scripture. He says, if I forgive, everybody in here knows the Lord's Prayer. Forgive my trespasses as what? I forgive those. I told you, I'm not going to wow you with some deep thing from God. It's not who I'm called to be. I know who God's called me to be. I just want to remind you of things you already know. He says, don't the sinners do the same thing? We're almost finished. Go to verse 47. And if you salute your brethren only, what more do you do to others? Do not even the publicans do that? 48. And I want you to look at this word. And this is why I think a lot of people throw this as like, man, I can't do that. It says, be perfect as your Father in heaven is perfect. That is a 1700 Greek to King's English translation. And it is incorrectly translated. It doesn't mean that it's wrong. It is one of the tenses of the Greek word there. But we would say in our English today, we would read that as, Be you therefore complete or whole, as your Father in heaven in His love is fully complete and whole. He has need of nothing. So when you read it that way, I want to be a complete Christian. I want to be a Christian that doesn't need anything but God. I want to be completely satisfied with God. I don't want anything of this world. It's all temporary. How do we do it? It's right there. It's turning the other cheek. It's loving our enemies. Man, this ain't going to come from an anointing oil and us hitting you over the head with a King James Bible. This is going to come when your heart goes to your father and says, God, I want to be like you. I want to overcome this offense. And listen, I'm going to open up these altars because I'm telling you, I feel it. Some of you need to come down here today and you need to leave it here. And that don't mean tomorrow you're going to love them. But it means, and I didn't say this, but he also says, pray for those that despitefully use you. Bless them because you got into that. I'll tell you something I had in my notes that I forgot. I'll tell you how you know if you're over something, if you can pray for it. Bethany said to me yesterday, you know the way that I stay whole and don't get bitter at people that offend me? I constantly pray for them. And if I'll constantly pray for them, I'll constantly get God's compassion. I'll never get bitter. She didn't even know I was teaching on this. And I was like, yeah, that's it. Because see, I've done that before. Somebody have a great offense towards me and I get in front of the Lord and I'm like, Lord, I want you to bless to those roots in your life won't let you say bless your enemy because they're still not a brother yet they're still an enemy 
God, I want you to bless. Usually at that point, my prayer changes to God. I need more of your love in my life. I need more. I need you to help me. God loves the prayer of help me. I've seen people try to figure out how to pray. Listen to me. Prayer is so easy. You got to know the one that loves you, that wants to talk to you. But yeah, I tell them all the time, help me. Help me. Help me, Lord. Help me to please you. Help me to walk with you. Help me to love. I want that kind of love. I want people to pelt me with stones and literally be like, I don't even care. Don't hold them against for my sake. Who am I, Lord? You're everything. start praying for them. I, I saw some of your faces. And maybe you don't understand how the anointing works, but anybody that brings forth the word, there comes a fresh anointing. And when you're under the anointing, you can sense the hearts of people. Okay, if you've taught a Sunday school class or whatever, you can sense what the Lord senses. Some of you, I saw tears flowing down here because you know what happened? Touch that root in your heart. And your heart began to cry and it came out your eye ducts. You don't realize that your heart's related. That's why they call Jeremiah the weeping prophet because his heart was bleeding for Israel. And it comes through here. And some of you, I saw a lot of you, tears begin to welp up in your eyes. Listen, don't just leave. The answer's here. Come down. Come talk to him. Well, I'm not sure about walking up there. Listen to me. This is not going to kill you to take these steps. Nobody's going to think you're a rotten sinner and do this right here. It's not going to happen. Thank you for listening to this message from Seven Mile Ministry.